0: Conquer Local. Come on, George. I'm happy to be here.
1: I help leaders go from anxiety to authority under pressure. And then let's go and get it. It's an ecosystem.
2: The hardest part here is going to be getting me to shut up on this one.
1: Conquer Local with Vendasta, hosted by George Lee.
0: This is the Conquer Local podcast, a show about billion-dollar sales leaders marketers leading local economic growth, and entrepreneurs that have created their dream organizations. They want to share their secrets, giving you the distilled version of their extraordinary feats. Our hope is, with the tangible takeaways from each episode, you can rewire, rework, and reimagine your business. I'm George Leith, and we're very pleased to present a two-part Conquer Local podcast featuring Erica Farber. Erica is the President and CEO of the Radio Advertising Bureau, And she leads radio's advocacy efforts by helping to drive business, grow advertising revenue, and communicate radio's digital transition. She joined the organization in January 2012 as the executive vice president responsible for membership and driving professional development. And then she was promoted to president and CEO. She's held nearly every position in radio sales and management, including rising through the ranks at interrep companies and serving as executive vice president of radio development. In 2000, Ms. Farber received an American Broadcast Pioneer Award from the Broadcasters Foundation and has consistently been voted one of the most influential women in radio by the readers of Radio Inc. Magazine. In 2009, she was awarded the inaugural Trailblazer Award by the Mentoring and Inspiring Women in Radio Group, a group she was the founding member of in its inception back in 1999. Coming up next, Erica Farber, the president and CEO of the Radio Advertising Bureau in part two of this special two-part series of the Conquer Local podcast. We're going to get to the big question before we go to the questions that are coming in from the folks joining us in the webinar, but I hear this all the time. You know where I'm going with this because in the preamble, we talked about it. I'm actually spending more time now with CFOs. Then I am with CROs, which a lot of times it was the head of revenue or, you know, a sales leader that would reach out to us. Now we're spending time on the finance side because the question is, how do we make money with digital? how do we get a profitable line of business there there's demand there we can find the products and services we might have to go through a couple of tests to find the right ones but then at the end of the day we're not seeing it fall to the bottom line what advice can you give so what are you hearing when you talk to broadcast organizations around this idea of you know digital may not be as profitable as our core business or you know there's just a litany of things that are said around this
1: well the easy answer is that if you don't do this, um, you're gonna be in bigger trouble than if you do do it. So that's the first thing I would say that it is becoming critical that we can be that preferred supplier to an advertiser. We have to test and test and test. There are gonna be new relationships. We need to make sure that we have the right people in place because some of our sellers who may be terrific people and great employees, they may not embrace this and change is tough, but change is inevitable. And there isn't one industry I can think of that hasn't been affected by change. So we have to continue to change with the times. And yes, you're right, George, that some of these offerings may have a smaller margin. But it gets us in the door. It maintains that relationship and helps us grow. And if you start small, and you just continue to try it and grow it, and and listen to the experts out there, because we can't be the expert of everything. Um, you know, you go into an advertiser, and that's why sometimes I always I love the idea of team selling, and what I mean by that is, you know, it's almost like going to a doctor if you've ever had any kind of physical issue. You can ask all the questions in the world, but if you have a health issue and you're asking the doctor when they're talking to you, and I can tell you this firsthand, you stop listening at some point. Not because, And it's not something that you are aware of. It's because there's so much information coming at you that you're trying to understand all the information, but you're not really hearing the information. And I think the same thing goes for when you're reaching out and working with customers and advertisers, that when someone's asking the question, it's good to have someone with you who's listening to the answers and looking at the body language and trying to understand, is this getting through or is it not getting through? So um, we shouldn't be doing this alone. Having partners is critical. Um, And uh, again, you want want to do work with experts. And we can't all be an expert in everything because many of us are generalists. But by bringing in experts, they're going to partner with us. And I think partnerships are becoming critical to all of us in this digital world. Uh, The other thing I, I just want to mention You know, streaming of our own broadcast uh, signals, you know, 17% of listening is now being done on the stream. And yet many of us aren't even monetizing our streams of our own radio stations. Uh, You know, there's 2 million podcasts out there, but are we monetizing those podcasts You know, and how do you monetize? So again, that toolkit is just growing and growing and growing, but we need people and partners that can help us market these products and don't be afraid. And you know what? Some of them are going to fail. It's not always going to work, but that's okay. Because if we're not trying things, we're not doing anything and we're stagnant. So again, we have to just... Be ready for that change. We want to be the catalyst for that change and just keep going because you will have success.
0: When well, I'm glad that you brought up uh, the streaming and the podcast component because it is not that big of a stretch to sell that inventory. It's a lot of the same motions that you're making today. Plus, there might be a better margin there. But you're right, when, when I go to a lot of those sources, those sites are not optimized to be to be able to have a good experience there and they're not taking advantage of the opportunity. So it's it's low-hanging fruit.
1: For well sure. and you know again, in that uh, I mentioned that uh, webinar that I attended from Burrell last week, the number one reason that businesses weren't uh, buying the streams of stations is that no one had ever pitched them. So it's, it's, again, it's, it's an opportunity.
0: No, it's an enormous opportunity. And, and thinking about it as another piece of inventory, I think is is proven to be a successful tactic and then positioning it different. Like it's not just an add-on, but I, you know, there's a couple of things that have happened over the last 10 years that I've noticed. One, broadcast companies sometimes sold against digital and said, no, we're gonna stay focused on radio. We're gonna sell radio. And then the, the second one was, they gave away the stream as a value add and now are are coming to grips with, maybe it wasn't the right thing to do to monetize it. So there's all sorts of different challenges. The reason I wanted to put that out there is it's okay. (laughs) A lot of the most successful media partners that we work with today have been through a number of fits and starts to get it right. And by the way, it's never right. It's constantly evolving. Everything's changing. And I feel a little bit better today than I did 10 years ago when I entered the space because I think people recognize the enormous demand that is there and that their local organizations are key to solving that problem for you know, their most precious resource, those local businesses. So I want to get Vishal to come in now. And uh, he's been curating all the questions that have been coming in on the chat. Erica, thank you for all of those great learnings. By the way, we did an internal training with all that Burrell data yesterday. I highly recommend going online to Burrell and Associates and finding that information. It's fascinating to me, some of the data that came out of that survey of local advertisers and the agencies um,
2: that are in some
0: of those local markets. So Vish, you're on. Let's let's get into those
2: questions.
1: And thanks, George. (laughs)
2: No worries. Thank you, George. And hi, Erica. And a big shout out to all our attendees today. We have over 30 attendees, which is fantastic. Ed, Loretta from LA, uh, Ron from KJLH Radio, uh, welcome. Um now i we've got a ton of questions to go through. However, I would encourage everyone to um drop in a burning question, possibly a hard question for Erica and George in the chat if you can. Um we wanna we wanna keep this animated and there's many exciting questions to get through. Okay, so I'm going to start off with my favorite one here. John from LA, when we think about the radio business today, when we think about the radio industry today, are we in a traditional radio
1: business or should we be thinking as digital first companies? Um, Well, you know, I'm not the head of your company. So It's going to depend on your ownership. And I would never uh, try to step on the toes of the mission of your companies. I would say, however, um, you know, we put a lot of labels on everything. What we want to be is a trusted partner to provide solutions to any and all advertising. And marketing issues a client may have. We just want to be the preferred supplier. If you choose as a company to say digital first, if you choose to say, um, you know, we're a broadcast company, that is an individual decision of that company. But in order to be successful for long term growth, you want to provide solutions, uh, profitable solutions for your partners in in your local marketplace.
2: Now, that's a great segue into Ashley's question. And um, Erica, at the start, you mentioned, you know, as an industry, radio broadcasters, they're a bit all over the shop. So the question here from Ashley is, how can we best enable radio sellers to embrace digital and effectively sell through omni-channel campaigns? And I'd love to just add to that, you know, if we're all over the place, what tips can you give to those radio broadcasters, which are potentially lagging to kind of get on an even keel as an industry?
1: Um, well, first of all, it starts at the top, you know, many times a new idea starts at the bottom and rises in order to be successful. I truly believe if we do not have the support top down, it's not going to happen. And, you know, um, How a company works and and how that feels, the culture of an organization doesn't change overnight. it's, It's organic and you have to continue to repeat it, but you also have to walk the walk and talk the talk. It's one thing to say you are a digital first company. It's another thing to actually be a digital first company. So it takes a major commitment from the entire organization to put their arms around it and learn together and grow together. And again, it's education, 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 and continued, uh, you know, George said it, not everything is going to work, but you've got to take some baby steps. Don't start running around the block. If you, if you have a relationship and you have a new partner and say, oh, now we're a digital company. No, you're not. You have to understand it yourself. You have to train everybody around us. We have to have the right people in place that all believe in it, understand it. And if they don't understand it, we need to have partners with us that can help us understand it and or help us explain that and present it to our clients. It's a big commitment, but again, everybody within an organization has to be on board because if they aren't, it's not going to happen.
2: Thank you for that. Um, Paul from from Medford in Oregon asks, should radio companies look beyond the markets they operate in to grow digital revenues? And that's a great question from Paul because we often think about radio stations as being very hyper-local focused. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, why not? Right. Again, if if your home base is Medford, which is beautiful by the way, and you have a client that has locations in other markets, and you can be that expert, there are people that can help you. And so, whether if you need other radio stations, um, please call the RAB because we'll help put you in touch with people that can help you do that or get you to the right stations. But at the same time your digital partners can also help you, um, you know, grow that in other markets. So I would definitely say, why not? You know, there are no right or wrong here. Uh, we're writing this as it happens, but if you have someone in, who is willing to do that and has developed that trust, absolutely see it all the way through.
0: I want to punctuate that, Erica. The way that I look at it is we were handcuffed by having to have that tower in the field with the broadcast on it. And though anyone within earshot was a customer. But now with digital solutions, our best friend, cousin, aunt, uncle, brother, sister, mother that has a business somewhere else, you can serve them. And by the way, they're looking for somebody that they trust. Yes. So as long as you have some trust there with your family member or friend or whoever it is, and they have a business and a pulse, you can solve their problem with digital. So you're not handcuffed by being within the within the realm of where that signal reaches to.
1: That's that's such a great point, George. And you know, just thinking about our own stream, the people that are listening to the streams of our stations aren't necessarily in our market. They could be people that moved out of the market that grew up with that radio station, or they're searching for a format. And they say, wow, I really like the sound of this radio station, or they're from another country who just are interested in that radio station. So um, I I love that analogy about being handcuffed. You're absolutely right.
2: Now, we've got a question here, and I'd love both your perspectives on it. Erica, you've been such a strong advocate of the radio space. George, you've had a very interesting experience in transitioning from radio to a technology company, and all we think about is growth even if it's not profitable at first. So the question here from Dan is, how do you convince CEOs that are not seeing strong enough margins from digital to add headcount for an unprofitable business segment? Kick it off with you, Erica.
1: Well, look, um, we know that everyone is looking at P&Ls. It's critical. Um, Not all of us have deep deep, deep pockets. And unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of privately owned businesses and there are many radio stations that are privately owned, they don't have that, those deep pockets. So, um, you know, if you can break even, that's a win. And I, you know, as I said, let's do some baby steps first. Let's figure out who are the appropriate partners that can help us get us there. And I know that with our partners, there's all kinds of ways to monetize those partnerships as well. And so that that's one element for negotiation. and And then, as you grow um, you know how someone's compensated, then it then it grows on the other end. It's not going to be upfront. Um, you know the one thing I think is interesting, if you look at a lot of digital companies, And you look at the average tenure of the people who work there, there's a lot of churn. You'll see young people start working. You're like, oh, I'm with this digital company. And then, um, you know, I see it all the time. And then I'll hear from that same person. They say, oh, I changed jobs. I'm in a new digital company. They don't think anything of being at a company for a year, a year and a half, and moving to another company. For many of us in the radio industry, we look at that and say, "Well, that's sort of odd." You know, where's the loyalty to that company, and where's the loyalty to that? So it's a very different mindset, and um, and and so there's a churn on the personnel side, but you also have to figure out there's going to be a churn on your side as to what you're going to do. So if you walk slowly, you negotiate your partnerships properly, uh, and again, there's a lot of negotiation. There's a lot of room there for uh, all of us when we're dealing with our digital partners. And, and let's just see what works, but please start trying. You know, it's like that dartboard. Keep, keep throwing that dart. You're eventually going to hit. And and when you hit, it's going to be big. George, you have something you want to add to that?
0: Yeah. Erica, thanks for teeing that up. The way, the way that I look at this is that, I think that CEOs need to understand that experimentation is needed to grow. And you have to be not afraid to fail fast. Now that said, I do I have spent the last 10 years in a tech company that is venture capital funded. The word I hate the most is burn because we didn't burn any of the money. We invested it in people and we invested it in a little bit of technology, but most of it was people. And I had to prove to the CEO and usually the CFO and the investors that when we hired 50 salespeople, It was going to cost us money for a period of time, but there was going to be a climb out of what they call the J-curve. And all of that is based upon data. And and I think that when you're also talking to the CEO to get buy-in, Dan, it's a phenomenal question. There has to be a payback. Like As we acquire these new customers, and I'm being very careful of what I said there, as we acquire these new customers, And focus on that, that it's a new logo, we bring it in, we get it to break even, to Erica's point, and then we expand the relationship with that customer later. But we should know what the lifetime value is. We should know what our churn is of those customers. We should know how many we're acquiring on a month-to-month basis. And when I ask that question to traditional radio companies that are entering digital, they can't tell me how many new customers they acquired last month. Because a customer is a customer. If we get money out of them, that's good for us. So we got to be thinking about an acquisition motion and what the payback is going to be on that. Then an expansion motion of we now have that logo, we have that customer, what are we able to do with it now? Because actually there's way more money to be earned from these clients on the other side of acquiring them. But if we separate that and go into the CEO and the CFO and say, here's the investment we're going to make to get new business. Here's the investment we're going to make to grow that business. And I'm going to show you what's working and what's not so we can fail fast, experiment, and build out a profitable business unit. So you're not selling digital. You are building a profitable business unit that sits right on side with the radio. And now I'm going to throw my thing out about whether we're digital first or not as an industry. You are digital first. You just don't know it yet. And you happen to sell radio as one of the items. I'm going to be way more bold than Erica. She, she's way more politically correct than <laughs> I am. But we got to get there. And if we look at the other companies, and, and Erica, you mentioned Directory, and we also have our friends in the publishing business, we've already saw what happened. So, you know, we've got 10 years of experience. When I entered the space, it was just starting to happen, and it happened. So we've been lucky in broadcast. We can learn from that, but we got to be thinking about profitable business units. That's the key to this whole thing. And there has to be ROI and there has to be payback.
1: I want to add one more thing. I honestly believe, and this is a broad generalist statement, that many times we don't think big enough. And what I mean by that is when we're targeting an advertiser, sometimes we're almost afraid to ask them for a number because we think they're gonna say no. And it's much easier to start with a really big number and have it narrowed down than to start with a small number and then they start negotiating that down and then we have nothing. So again, when we're thinking about our prospects and when we're thinking about growing our businesses, we need to be developing relationships with customers that they're also thinking big that we can have long-term relationships with that actually we can go in and ask for that 100000 or 250000 versus do you have
0: $5,000? Well, and that came from our legacy, Erica, where we were competing against five other stations in the market and we were getting our percentage, hopefully a little bit more than our fair share. That was what I was taught over the years of the radio budget. But in digital now you're working on their entire marketing funnel and their entire customer journey and I find that a lot of reps are seriously underestimating how much money that business is prepared to invest to get the outcome that they're looking for.
1: Well, and you know we talk about budgets being decreased, traditional advertising budgets, but they have marketing budgets, they have promotional budgets, they have co-op budgets. So there are they have social media budgets, they have digital budgets. They have so many different budgets. And historically, many of us have only been competing for the traditional advertising radio budget. So again, we have to think bigger and understand these organizations that will say, well, my budget is only this. Well, they have a much bigger budget because they are doing, they have signage, they have social media, they have digital. We need to be in that door getting those numbers as well.
0: One one other thing that I had at dinner the other night, Erica, with a sales manager of a rock radio station, and we were, you know, we were done the steak and we'd finished the potato and now we're into the wine, maybe two glasses of wine. And this this manager was talking about the deal that they had lost to the country station in town. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, there is so much money being spent on digital and you're not losing any sleep over the money that you lost on the digital side of this that that customer is spending. So, you know, again, great salespeople, they're very competitive, they wanna win, they know their product inside and out. One of the tests that I love to work with sales managers on and CEOs is, if you were to ask a radio rep to give me all the objections that they have to handle on a radio buy from a customer, they just bang them out. The minute that they can do that for search engine optimization, digital display advertising, website and e-commerce, the minute that they can be that proficient at dealing with the objections, you are going to build
2: a hell of a digital business.
1: No question, no question.
2: Fantastic. All right. Thank you both so much. Really rich debate. Really appreciated your perspectives. learned a lot. Now, before I hand over back to George, uh, just want to apologize, Milford, Mike, and Gary, I do see your questions and uh, we will answer them separately in a blog post that we will uh, publish following up from this webinar based on the content today. So we'll reach out to you to, to, to answer those questions and get additional perspectives from Erica and George. So just want to thank you for that. Now, before I hand back to George, again, just want to thank everyone for coming. You'll get a a replay of this webinar. you get a Lunch and Learn invitation as well. And um, this episode will also be available as a podcast. I just want to give a shout out to Erica and the great work the folks at the Radio Advertising Bureau are doing. Anna is going to post a link to the RAB so you can uh, check out some of the great advocacy work you do. We've certainly been very, very impressed. And of course, to the master podcaster, George, Uh, please take a look at the Conquer Local podcast he runs. It's award-winning and we've had some great guests. We've had Corey Elliott. We've had um, Mark Campbell, Lauren Jones in the last couple of weeks, and they are terrific. Uh, They provide some terrific uh, uh, sales advice and also perspectives on the media industry. Uh, So thank you with that. And uh, with that, I will leave it to George to close. Thanks, Vishal. So Erica, I had one
0: last question that isn't on the script. So Vish and Anna, our team, they're freaking out because they're out there, George is going rogue. But um, one thing has happened and, and I'm in the middle of budgeting for next year. And the chief marketing officer came to me and said, uh, you can't spend the money that you used to spend, but you do get to pick a couple of conferences to go to. And I, I always used to enjoy going to the radio show. And I know there's been some change in there. So I think that our guests that have come to this are probably looking for that too. So what what do I want to go to next year? What do I want to invest in to, to learn more about the radio business?
1: Well, obviously, the NAB has a strong presence in April. And um, I would just say um, stay tuned uh, because there are some other opportunities that may pop up uh, in 2023. The people in the country... Uh, arena are very fortunate because they have uh, the country radio seminar, which is a great, robust uh, conference. And, you know, there are several other conferences as well, but I would just say, just, um, you know, continue to look at the trades and see what's available to you and what your specific needs are. And always, uh, you know, my plug for the REB, if you ever have any questions, we would invite all of you whether you are a member or not, to please reach out to us. And, um, you know, we will be happy to guide you uh, depending on your need. So.
0: Thanks, Erica, for that. And uh, we'll make sure that we have all Erica's contact information um, in the show notes. And I, you know, I still remember fondly my RAB training when I was a young uh, sales rep. And I know that uh, when I was managing, it was mandatory that the reps take that. So thank you to you and the organization for all the great work that you're doing in building uh, professionals. I I believe that sales is a noble profession and the work that the RAB has done over the years has helped thousands upon thousands of families feed their kids. So thank you for that.
1: Well, thank you, George. And again, thank you for this opportunity to uh, have this conversation. And before we close, I just want to wish everyone a wonderful holiday and to an incredibly successful and profitable 2023.
0: So many valuable takeaways from our second webinar with Erica Farber, the president and CEO of the Radio Advertising Bureau. If you're a radio broadcaster and you're fearful about taking the leap into digital, stop being worried. More than half of all advertisers are buying digital from local media companies, and there's an enormous opportunity out there. So don't be scared to give it a go. Reaching out to partners will help you to be more successful in your delivery of digital solutions. And don't be afraid to experiment. You have to ask that leadership team for support. You are a sales leader and you're going to the CEO or the CFO. You have to get their buy-in to make sure they're driving that change. And by iterating and learning from what your customers are looking for, you'll be successful in delivering digital to those customers. If you liked Erica's episode discussing why broadcasters need to embrace digital, let's continue the conversation. Check out episode 230, Mission Radio to Digital with my good friend, Jamie Cohen. Episode 546 and 547, the two-part webinar series on strategies to boost radio ad sales with Corey Elliott from Burrell & Associates. Please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And thanks for joining us this week on the Conquer Local Podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you.
1: You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast presented by Vendasta. Tune in next week for a new episode. Guest discovery and produced by Sullivan Adams. Marketing by Rory Lawford, Nicole Lozon, and Solomon Adam. Executive Producers, Brendan King, George Leaf, and Solomon Adam. Recorded at Vendasta Headquarters on the Canadian Prairies.